It's January 16th, 2023. I'm Rich Poland. And this is Stacey Ham. And uh, thanks for joining us today for our Martin Luther King Day edition of the Ticket to Rider podcast, the only podcast uh, that uh, weekly podcast that deals with all things Ryder Cup, uh, in addition to uh, other issues in the world of golf on a, on a weekly basis. And uh, we thank everybody for joining us. So, uh, yeah, yep. Stacey. Or Stacy, uh, you had a great week last week. I didn't, but you had a great week last week. Tell everybody, tell everybody where you were. Yeah, I had a really good week. I was in. I met one of my buddies in Park City, Utah, to do a little snowboarding. I uh, had two and a half days on the mountain, so it was really, really fun. Now, now, tell me a little bit. I have. I've only been to Snowbird. Tell, and you've been to Snowbird, haven't you? I, I have never been. To oh, you've Snowbird. never been to Snowbird. What, never what, been to Snowbird. What's distinguishing about Park City? Uh, nothing. The lift lines. <laughs> no, no, it's just pretty. I mean, the thing about the mountain, they combine the canyons and Park City. So it's a really big mountain. So, you know, if you start off in the, if you start off in, in Park City, you can start up in downtown Park City on the city lift. You can start up in the middle of the, the main lift area, or you can go over the canyon. So I really like it because it's big. There's lots of good terrain. So, and I like working myself over from one place to the other. It's really good. There, there are lots of, there's a gondola that takes you from one mountain to the other, but you have to ski all around. So I really like it that it's huge. There's lots of terrain. And I love finishing at the city lift. You finish at the city lift, there's restaurants and everything right there. So I really like that. That's what I like about it. But the lines were somewhat long. They're always long. That's why I like, yeah. that's, why, that's why I like not to be a snob. That's why I like Europe because the lines are never that long in, in Europe. Yeah, I know. You know, I was looking at the Epic. I have the Epic Pass, but I was looking at the Icon Pass. Man, it covers a lot of, like, it places. It covers all the places you went in Europe, it, you know? Really? It covers the Dolomites. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and another bad thing about these places, Rich, it was, guess how much it costs for one day on a Saturday to ski there? Oh, gosh. See, I haven't skied in, in the U.S. in so long because it got up to $100, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Uh, and well, I'm last sure, year, okay. Yeah, I'm sure it, I'm I, would, I would bet on a Saturday now. That, that's been a few years ago. I'd bet it's $130, $140 for a Saturday. Wow. So it is. So I paid $7.99 for my Epic Pass. When I was in Beaver Creek, when we were in Vail, a day at Beaver Creek was $245. Oh, my gosh. Uh, on Saturday at Park City. Last year, I went to Park City. It was $172. This year, it was $278. For one day. Isn't that crazy? For one For day. One day. For that, one day. So, so you have to buy these passes, and the passes cover more than one resort? So, yeah. So I have the Epic Pass. It covers Vail, Beaver Creek, uh, Park City. It covers a lot of different places. Places in Tahoe. Yeah, it covers a lot of places. Oh, my gosh. But the Icon Pass covers even more places. Places like in Chile. You know, Japan, yeah. So it covers a lot. Oh my gosh! I mean, gosh. And well, I, guess I pay for my pass, and like I go, I mean, I went to Vail for four days or five days. I pay for my pass every. I mean, just three three days I pay for the pass. 
three, four days is all paid for. Isn't that crazy? All right. I got to remember that for next year. If I'm going with you, go more than one trip in a year and get a pass. You got to get a pass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So, but it was really fun, but it's too expensive for this it, sport. And they do it all wrong. It's a shame because, you know, they're really pricing, pricing, you know, the middle class out from skiing, right? Yeah. I mean, I, yep. but still there, you said there were lines and I, I'm sure a lot of those people are on, you know, annual passes. Uh, I think so. Because my friends showed up, my friends from Park City, I mean, from uh, Salt Lake City showed up to go with us two days, one day on Saturday and they had a black, their pass was blacked out. They have a local pass and it was blacked out that day for the locals. Oh. So they were like, and then they were like, it was 278. I was like, you guys don't waste your money. We'll just meet you for lunch or something. So yeah, it was just ridiculous. $278 for a day. I can only imagine what, what Aspen is now. Aspen's got to be 300 It must but, be, but the, pat, it, it cut, the Icon passes cut, covers it. That's the Icon or what it do you think, passes covers. Do you think that, they're, that they are, uh, you know, that price is that they're making up for the money lost during the COVID years? Or do you think that the price of insurance has gone up so much? I, you know, that's a great question. Do they make? I mean, how did it go from one hundred and eight? How did it go to one hundred and hundred and twelve, sixteen dollars in a year? I don't know. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like I said last year, it was one seventy two or one seventy five. So it went up a uh, literally went up one hundred and eleven, one hundred thirteen dollars or eleven dollars. Really, let me really ask crazy. you: Are they are they the to the point yet where they're mandating helmets? You know what? They're not, and there are a lot of people out there that um, didn't have helmets. It's like these old school skiers, old old dudes, right? No helmets. I was like, whoa, man, that's you got to be crazy. Because I took a real bad feel one day. It was the last run of the day, and I, I hit an edge. And man, Rich, I thought I had whiplash or something. My shoulder was hurting, and it yeah. So if I didn't have the helmet on, I probably would have got hurt. So they're not mandated, but people should always wear helmets. The last time I skied without a helmet was with our friend Lucio Dechakis in Italy. And that would have been like, I still lived in Louisiana. So it would have been 25 years ago was the last time I skied without a helmet. And nobody okay, had yeah. nobody I, had helmets in it. That, you know, in those days, helmets were just for, you know, like little kids. Yep. And yep. racers, little kids yep. and racers. I mean, I love going to the mountain. I really like the resorts. I love going to it. It's just a, it's fun, right? You have dinners with friends at night. It's just really, really fun. I, I just had a great time. So yeah, it was a good weekend. So, so, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about football. Before we get to the golf, we'll talk a little bit about football. But I just want to, uh, I just want to first, uh, uh, you know, for everybody out there, uh, there are so many great things that Dr. King said. But, you know, my favorite Dr. King quote is still uh, you know, from his I Have a Dream speech. I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Has, that's, that's is, has there ever been a better speech than than Martin Luther King's "I Had a Dream" speech? I, I don't think so. Not not that we know of. Is it? I don't think so. I mean, I'd have to say I can't recall one. I can't recall it. Uh, you know, you know uh, what? If, what if Dr. King had lived? What if? I mean. Maybe, maybe maybe his impact wouldn't have been as great if he if he hadn't have you know been martyred. But what if, what if he had yeah. lived, and and you know, it's 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 sad to think how much maybe quicker that racial equality you know, could or should have been obtained in this country, 
Um, but you know, I, you know, we've talked about it before, you know, sports and entertainment have done just as much as any politics in this country in terms of, in terms of, you know, kind of normalizing the experience and, and allowing, you know, intransigently racist white people to embrace African-American culture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Martin Luther King always wanted, there were three things he wanted, right? It was all about how do you fix poverty, right? How do you fix, how do you uh, handle racism and how do you control the violence, right? And, and if you look at our country, how have we done? I mean, poverty is still here. You know, there are lots of poor people and not only people of color that are poor, there are lots of, I mean, the biggest class myths are poor uh, white people, you know, that's one of the biggest classes myths. You know, racism is getting somewhat better, right? I mean, and then violence, you know, violence is, Last January 6th, that's violence, right? And then in the streets, there's lots of murders. But but it all comes down to like inequality, right? That's what happens. People that are desperate, they do desperate things. You know, uh, I was watching I was watching um, uh, this this Prime Video uh, show that's a prequel to The Lord of the Rings, and The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien wrote that about the Nazis, right? I mean, it's it's, it's all about the Nazis and 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 how racism, anti-Semitism, homophobia, all these, you know, even when they're not apparent, even during times when they're not apparent, there, there's always the evil that's kind of smoldering under the surface, waiting, waiting to emerge. And, you know, looking at, 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 you know, parts of Europe where racism and anti-Semitism are endemic right now. And you know, the MAGA, the, the MAGA, you know, the MAGA influence here, it's really, it's really sad, Stacy, but I think it's it all, really I think it all boils down to, I've always said that, that, that equality all boils down to education and opportunity. And, yep. and, you know, the issues that we've had is that, is that education has been piss poor, not just for, not just for, for the African-American community in this country, but for the poor white community. If you go to West Virginia, yep. you know, rural West Virginia, you know, the educational, the education is, is substandard compared to, you know, you know, affluent suburban communities. And then even for individuals who get the education, do they have the opportunity to, to use it? And until we have, until we can kind of, you know, uh, uh, until we can uh, even out education and opportunity, we're, we're never going to achieve Dr. King's vision. I agree. So well said, Rich, well said. I mean, it's a great, he's a great man, just amazing things, you know, just, it's all about awareness. And I think that's what it was with him, you know, trying to right or wrong and have people look at everyone the same, not that we're, yeah, we're different, but we, we may look different, but you know, we always talk about a DNA. I mean, we're all pretty close, right? We're all, we're all very, very, very close. Yeah. It's just so silly. Did you happen to see that story, the Alabama basketball player? Did you see that story? Oh my God! I, he was from DC. From DC, yeah. I don't know. We weren't to school or anything, but yeah, a a uh, backup forward on the Alabama basketball team, and some other guy uh, shot and killed. It sounds like it was a car kind of shit, drive-by car shooting, over some minor altercation. Crazy. Yeah, very interesting. Huh? I, I saw the video where he was. Crying said he loved someone, but man, this kid ruined his life. I mean, really, he was on the he was on the best 
I mean, that's a good basketball team, Alabama. Whoa. I mean, they might have a chance to win it all this year. They're a good team. It's so really sad. Did you see, did you see uh, an, uh, an offensive lineman for Georgia was killed in a car accident oh. the other day? And night. the recruit, the girl who's like one of the, was one of, they said Pretty one good. of the best recruiting analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Sad, right? It's so sad. What? What happened? It wasn't drunk drive where they just fell asleep or something. Was it retired going to wa- they were going to Waffle House supposedly? Really, it was two forty five in the morning. So I, you know, yeah, I, they're I, going to Waffle House. Uh, well, yeah, very sad. Well, you were off skiing this weekend. I was a little under the weather, so I oh, took man. the opportunity to just watch a lot of football. And uh, with my commanders out, I'm sorry because then I. I put all of my rooting interest behind your chargers uh, because of Justin Herbert and you and uh, our other friends. And I think my rooting interest basically, you know, torpedoed the chargers. Yeah. I mean, I love that. Uh, well, that was a terrible game. I mean, there's no way I think they're going to, they're going to fire the offensive coordinator. There's no way you lose that game. Right. You got to like get some first downs. You got to move the ball. Justin Herbert's a stud. So you can't limit him. You, you got to open it up. You're already up by 27 points. What are you going to do? I mean, if you're going to lose the game, lose it throwing the ball down the field, lose it running the ball, losing, losing it being, losing, lose it being aggressive, right? Yeah, I mean, their play calling with the big lead was was ridiculous. I mean, they never took any time off the clock. They have a decent running attack. I mean, Austin Eckler's a good running back. It really uh, is. Uh, it just, you know, they allowed they allowed. Uh, Jacksonville to come back into the game and and uh it was it was you know it was unbelievable it was like it was like watching Trevor Lawrence really that good Trevor Lawrence is good but he's got weapons you know the one thing about about Jacksonville is they have balance because because uh Travis Etienne's a good running back so they can run the ball they can run the ball and you know he's got uh, weapons. He's got a good tight, you know, good pass catching tight end at Evan Ingram. He's got Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk was fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, an epic comeback, third greatest comeback in playoff history, and only time in NFL history that a team with five intercept, it was a five turnover differential uh, down, won a game. Crazy. I mean, they turned the ball over five times and the Chargers lost that game. That's embarrassing. Yeah. But I, there, something's got to change. And I don't think it's the coach's fault. I mean, I, they can't fire the guy, right? I mean, yes, everyone wants Sean Payton. But, you know, you know is he really going to make Justin Herbert into a good player? Somebody, somebody, I mean, said, somebody said it's not characteristic of the Chargers. I was watching the NFL Network today uh, it, that, that, that the Spanoses don't like to buy people out. They don't like to buy people out. And they don't pay their coaches, you know, top dollar. So it's gonna, it would take a lot of money to get Sean Payton. Whoever gets Sean Payton is going to pay him a lot of money. I think maybe Carolina, because that guy, David Tepper, he's got, you know, he's willing He's willing to pay. Well, I, yeah, you're right. The Chargers, they're not going to pay anyone that money. That's why they went out and hired a young guy like that. Well, that's why they did. They're, they're, yeah, the Spanos is like they're, like they're green. That's why they you know, yeah. left San Diego, which they never should have left for, they, for L.A. Yeah, it was ridiculous. They left, the, they left San Diego. Now they're the L.A. Chargers. Nice stadium, though. It's a nice Poor people in LA got to pay for that shit, and uh, you know the fans won't pay anything. Bad. Well, uh, let's hopefully let's, next year they'll play better. Let's uh, let's get to golf. So uh, get to golf. it was it was an interesting weekend in the world of golf. The uh, the PGA 
tournament was the Sony Open in Hawaii. And traditionally, the Sony Open has not uh, had the best fields on the PGA Tour. And, you know, everybody's there for the Tournament of Champions, but they don't seem to stay for the Sony Open. Uh, so uh, we had the Sony Open. And then we had this really, really interesting event that took place in Dubai called the, the Hero Championship, which was kind of like a practice Ryder Cup for the European side, a very strategically uh, smart thing to do. And uh, uh, there's, you know, uh, it was a great kind of launching pad for their Ryder Cup team. And, you know, Luke Donald was there basically supervising the whole thing, watching 24 of the best young players uh, who are candidates for the European team compete in a, in a uh, Ryder Cup-like competition. Wow. I mean, that's a genius idea, right? Absolutely. The only, the only thing wrong with it is why they didn't you know, do the thing in, in Italy. Why they didn't do the thing at, at, uh, at, at, the, uh, at the course, uh, Marco Simeone. Yeah, that's what one would think, right? One would think they do it right at the course. I don't know. But uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about the Sony Open. And I think the most interesting thing, you know, you didn't, you were skiing, you didn't see very much, but the most interesting thing, so Saturday, or excuse me, Thursday, I'm watching the Sony Open, you know, highlights or, or the, the, the replay. And it's Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth and Hideki Matsuyama by far are the biggest names in this field. I guess Tom Kim's in the field too. Those, those are your three big names in the field. And Jordan Spieth goes out and ties for the, ties for the, for the lead after Thursday. You're thinking, all right, this is great. Jordan Spieth's going to pick up a, an early win during the season. You know, this is not, you know, a, a stellar field. You know, he should be, you know, this should be someplace where he has an excellent chance of winning. And then Jordan Spieth goes out on Friday and shoots five over par. It was just kind of like a disaster. You know, he was okay until the beginning of the back nine and like the two easiest holes on the course, a drivable par four and an easy par five. He goes, I think, double bogey bogey. And then just falls apart, winds up five over on the day, and misses the cut by a misses the cut by a stroke. Uh, he missed the cut. Missed the cut, and Tom Kim At the Sony Open. Tom Kim missed the cut. Uh, Sunjay M missed the cut. I mean, Billy Horschel missed the cut. So uh, Keegan Bradley. Ricky missed, Fowler missed the cut. Or no, I don't think Ricky Fowler was playing because he. Oh, did, he didn't play. I don't think Ricky Fowler was playing, but but uh, Webb Simpson missed the cut. So a lot of the kind of name players that were in this event missed the cut. Uh, and, and that uh, led to kind of a wide open field. And uh, uh, Hayden Buckley, who's a, who's a kid, went, to, uh, fr went from Tennessee, went to the University of, of uh, Missouri, uh, was a rookie on tour last year and was able to keep his card, I think finished like 106th in the FedEx Cup. Uh, he had a two shot lead going into, uh, going into, uh, sat going into Sunday and then really down the stretch had a, you know, mano a mano duel with Siwoo Kim, who was, who was, uh, a hole ahead of him. And, uh, uh, uh Siwoo Kim chipped in for a birdie on 17 and then on the par four, 18, uh, par five, 18, drove it into a fairway bunker and then hit a beautiful second shot onto the green, got a birdie. Buckley. Uh, came to 18 needing to birdie and hit a beautiful drive, but it just went onto the, onto the edge of the rough. 
uh, from the first cut to the to the to the uh, thick stuff. And his second shot came out thin, went short and right into heavy rough, and he couldn't get up and down, and winds up uh, a stroke behind. It was a good. Wow. It was a good tournament, uh, and uh, but you know the most recognizable players really didn't do very much. Um, Hideki Matsuyama did make the cut and finished. Where did Hideki finish? He finished tied forty eighth. Uh, but really, if you look at the leaderboard, uh, Chris Kirk had a good week. Uh, he was uh, third. Andrew Putnam and David Lipsky, Ben Taylor, the, the Brit, tied fourth. Aaron Badley, Matt Kuchar, Maverick McNeely, Nate Lashley, and Nick Taylor tied seventh. And on to the 12th, right? Top of Corey tied Connors. 12th included, yeah, included uh, Corey Connors, uh, JJ Spawn, who's played very well lately, and then a couple of good rookies, uh, Tyler Mag- Taylor Montgomery and Aaron Ekro. I think those were our rookie. Oh, yours was Thomas Dietrich, and mine was Aaron Eckrode for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that's pretty good. There. Stuart Sink finished tied 21st. JT Poston tied 21st. Yeah, uh, Adam, 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 Adam Scott. Adam Scott didn't have a bad, uh, didn't have a bad uh, tournament. A.H. Lee, wow. I mean, it's not a good, you're right, it's not a good leaderboard for sure. I mean, it's not a lot of uh, the field. Not a lot, not a big, lot of big names in this field. It's just guys trying to get some points, right? Yep. Trying to win a tournament. So, you know, I, I think next week we're going to uh, the desert, right? We're going to uh, Palm Springs. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be an interesting tournament. I guess Phil's not playing, huh? Phil, it's, no. it's always Phil's tournament, right? And uh, always Phil's tournament. Yeah. So uh, the interest- well, Rich, there's one thing we always wanted to do, right? We always, I, I, I thought, we, you know, we said we were going to do the bottom five finishers uh, in these tournaments. Oh, so, yeah. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. You, you want me to go, or you want you have a statement you go. you're going to go make? You go. Okay, so. Yes, guys. So in the spirit of our top, our lowest finishers, the bottom five finishers, this week was very interesting. The last guy in the, the last guy that finished was uh, Patton Kazire. I mean, we all know Patton Kazire. He's won. He's won once or twice on tour, right, Rich? Yeah. I think yeah. he's won, right? Yeah, yeah Kazire, he's won. Patton Kazire, Patton Kazire and uh, Chesson Hadley are like my, my picks for the, for like the most Southern names on tour. Yeah, yeah. Patton Kazire went to Auburn. He's ranked his highest rank uh, in the world was 51 as of March uh, 2018, and as of two, I think he's still there. 2022, September 22, 51. Uh, the next person, uh, our Cap Ryder Cup captain uh, Zach Johnson, finished next to last. He's ranked 390th in the field. He shot plus one for the tournament. He made the cut, but. That's good. Our, our captain, at least our captain, still kind of playing. But man, his world ranking is not very good, Zach, and we all love Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson had some very interesting comments. They, he was interviewed at the Sony Open, and they asked him about Tiger Woods, and he said, "You know, well, you know, of course, I'd take basically, I'll take Tiger Woods if he's playing well, but if he's not, he's so he's very invested in the Ryder Cup, and I want him to be there with me no matter what." Wow, that's great. That's good. And then the next guy to finish. Uh, was uh, Kurt Kat, uh, Katiyama. He finished at one under. His world ranked 42. And he, you know, he's a, he's a good little player, right? I mean, he's played, he's, I think he's, has he went on tour? Kurt Katiyama's went on tour, right? Kurt Katiyama had a good year last year. He's another one like David Lipsky, who who kind of, you know, uh, uh, earned his chops on the on the European tour and then came came yep. back over here. And he had a good year. Didn't he make it? Didn't Kurt Katiyama make it, if not to the tour championship, but pretty darn close? Yeah, well, he, I mean, his world ranked 42. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so he, good ranking for him. 
And then our next two players were Harris English. Everyone likes Harris English. He's recovering from a, a, a from surgery, hip surgery, right, Rich? Last hip, year, hip, hip surgery. He finished that one under. And do, do you think? Do you think that when they did his hip surgery for free, they could have like maybe flushed out his face a little bit? He has the flattest <laughs> face on tour. A plastic uh, surgery for Harris. I mean, I love that guy. So, you know, his world ranking right now is fifty-seven. I mean, he was he was such a good player a couple of years ago, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was always on the top of the leaderboard. You know, just a fantastic player. He made the Ryder Cup last time, right, Rich? He, he was good in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, he played great in the Ryder Cup. So, he I sure mean, I, a, this is the Ryder Cup year. Sure Ryder Cup a, year, great sure 57. A, he sure has a flounder face, though. He really does. <laughs> and then the last person is Higa Kazuki. Uh, he's 27 years old. Um, he has 10 professional wins, turned pro in 2017. And he plays on the European tour and the Japan, the Japanese tour. They they said and it, I think, they, they said for Siwoo Kim, Siwoo Kim came up. They said that Siwoo Kim's wife uh, is a professional golfer and has I think seven wins on the Korean LPGA tour. That's pretty cool. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's good. So those are our bottom five finishers. I thought it was interesting because we had a couple guys with one right. We had some good players that. Had, Bad, not good world. Zach Johnson got a Ryder Cup captain, but Harris English, who maybe made battle for a Ryder Cup spot. Patton Kazire is a good guy because he just plays hard. He's ranked okay in the world, and we have Zach Johnson. So I thought that was an interesting segment. We'll do that every week. The bottom five finishes and see what they're what, what they're all about and their history and how they're playing ranked in the world. So that's it. All right. Well, let's let's uh, move to the Hero Cup. I misspoke before. So the Hero Cup, there were only ten on each side. There were not twelve. So uh, oh, okay. And it makes sense because what's the point of having people sit out, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no point, you know, just, just play them. And, and uh, so anyway, uh, let's, let's talk about who was picked because that's important because if you were picked, that means that Luke Donald's looking at you. There's no one who was picked for this, um, uh, picked for this tournament who Luke Donald is not looking at as a potential Ryder Cup uh, player. And also, just maybe as uh, important is, there's not one live player on this list. So, uh, you know, if Luke Donald was still toying with the idea of having live players on the Ryder Cup team, you probably would have seen Sam Horsfield or Adrian Adegoy, uh on, you know, in this competition. So tell me about this, this, this cup. It's the continental Europe against, what, Great Britain and Ireland? Is that how it works out? That's right. So, oh, okay. so, so here are the members of the, of the, uh, of the, of the team. Well, let's talk about who didn't come. So two obvious participants who would have been on either side weren't there. So for the continental Europe side, John Rahm and Victor Hovland didn't play. You know, there's no reason for them to play. They're on the team. And for the British side, uh, neither Rory McIlroy nor Matthew Fitzpatrick came and Rory, well, you know, it would have been nice for them to kind of play and come out, right? I mean, think about it. It would have been nice for those guys to show up and show some, and those are going to be some of the players they're going to play with. So, Rory obviously is nice. doing something because he was the only, you know, big name who didn't show up for the champions, uh, for the tournament of champions. Uh, you know, John Rahm. sitting at home trying to make another kid. Probably. John Rahm was there and Victor Hovland was there and I think Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I know that Matthew Fitzpatrick was there. But uh, other veteran Ryder Cuppers, I mean, you have Tommy Fleetwood and Shane Lowry and Terrell Hatton were there. Francisco Molinari was there. So you have other guys who've been on the team uh, who showed up. But I think they did a really good job. So listen, this is the, this is the uh, Continental Europe team. They had former Ryder Cupper, Thomas Peters, who was great at Hazeltine. 
They had yep. former Ryder Cupper Alex Noren, who was great uh, in France. They had uh, Thomas Dietrich from Belgium, never played in the Ryder Cup. Uh, Antoine Rosner from France would, would be a rookie. Victor Perez, who was very close to making the last team from France. Guido Migliosi from Italy, you know, also close to making the last team. Uh, Francesco Molinari uh, obviously has been fantastic. One of one of one of the great Ryder Cup uh, com- competitors of the last couple decades. Uh, Rasmus Hoygaard was supposed to play, but he was injured, so Nikolai Hoygaard uh, played instead, uh, representing Denmark. Okay. And uh, Sepp Straka from Austria, uh, uh, who's you know had a great year. And Adrian uh, Moronk played. Adrian Moronk, the young pole. That's Adrian a that's Moronk. a that's a you know, if you think about, well, who else could have been on there? I mean, I don't know. There's, there's, uh, Just Leuten. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, th- I think they got it right. Yeah. I, I they- mean, I think they got it right. I think, I mean, Thomas Petrie, I mean, these guys are good players. Yep. You know, really, Alex Noren, the, uh, the Rasmus guy, Adrian Moronk, good winners. They're winners on this European tour. And they're starting to play a lot more in the United in the States. So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I tell you what, I like their chances. I mean, yes, our team's loaded, but I tell you what, which I like their chances with these younger players, Thomas Petrie, you know, all the, the Peters and, and Adrian Morocco and the Hogar. I like their chances, right? I'm, I'm with you, Stacey. I, you know, I think, I think clearly the older players, not only were they not as, uh, as talented anymore, but I think they lost some of that, you know, us versus them fire that they had, you know, uh, that, that they had, you know, when, when they were dominating the U.S. team. So hopefully these guys will develop, for, for the European sake, some form of brothership, kinship, and, and take that, yeah. take that uh, into, uh, into Italy uh, in September. Let me ask you this. If you took, okay, if you, put, you took Poulter, Garcia, and um, who was the other guy? Westwood, and send them out and have them play Rasmus Hogard, uh, Thomas Peters, and... Uh, Thomas Dietrich, who do you think will win that match? Young okay. guys. The young guys will kill him, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Adrian Morocco, I think they'd be, I think they run him off the court. Young guys. That's what they should do. Invite some of those guys and say, we're well, going to beat your ass. We're gonna you know, it depends on the course. I mean, if they're playing, yeah, the, mas- if they're playing the Masters, where course knowledge yeah. is more important, yeah, then, then, you know, then, then maybe the old guys are going to win. But if they play on like, you know, kind of a normal tour course, uh, I'd, I'd pick the young guys. Well, listen, yeah, I, I agree. Let, so the Great Britain and Ireland team, I think they also did a great job. So they had Tommy Fleetwood. They got Shane Lowry to come. Uh, oh. Terrell Hatton. They had uh, Jordan Smith, who's been very good all year and is and is high in the Ryder Cup standings. Uh, Callum Schwinkins, another guy who we've heard a lot of uh, over the last year or so. Matt Wallace, who we thought was going to uh, be on the team a couple of years ago. Uh, maybe four years ago, and maybe has not been quite as quite as strong the last couple of years as he was four or five years ago. Uh, uh, Owen Ferguson, uh, Richard Mansell, probably two of two of your lesser known uh, uh, guys on the team, and then the final uh, two: Seamus Power and Robert McIntyre. Really, those wow. guys, you know, likely both of them likely to be on the team. Yeah, yeah, good thing. So in terms of the results, uh, Continental Europe won 14 and a half to 10 and a half. They started out with, with uh, everybody played on Friday four balls. And uh, Power and McIntyre uh, boat race, Sepp Straka and Adrian Moronk. But the Continental team wound up winning the session 
three to two. Peters and Norin beat Fleetwood and Lowry. Uh, Dietrich and Rosner beat Hatton and Smith, and then the other matches were were tied. Uh, they came out Saturday and played foursomes again. All everybody played, and that session was tied uh, two and a half to two and a half. Uh, the biggest winners were Shane Lowry and Seamus Powers. The Irish team beat uh, Victor Perez and Guido Migliozzi, uh, three and two. But those those matches were all pretty close. Wow. And, th- and then Continental Europe pulled pulled ahead uh, three and three to two um, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, all the matches were close. The, there were a bunch of two two and one wins. Nothing was nothing was uh, uh, nothing was uh, uh, more than two and one. And then the singles, Continental Europe kind of dominated the singles. So you had Francesco Molinari against Shane Lowry. That's a good matchup. Molinari wins three and two. Uh, Fleetwood beats Peters three and two. Patton beats Rosner five and four. And then in a key match, Hoygaard uh, uh, defeats Seamus Power one up. Matt Wallace got Thomas Dietrich two and one. But then Adrian Moronk beats Callum Schwinkum. Victor Perez four and two over Jordan Smith. Sepp Straka five and four over Ewan Ferguson. Uh, Robert McIntyre wins five and three over Alex Noren. And finally, Guido Migliozzi beats Richard Mansell uh, four and three for the final margin of 14 and a half to 10 and a half. Wow. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I'm thinking about this, Rich. I'm thinking, I mean, man, maybe I wish we could have done that. The United States could have had that. You know, up and coming players against the Sabbath players. We could that would do, be we great, could, right? We could do like the old North South game. We could have we could have the Southerners versus the you know the Californians and the Northerners. You know the Texas yeah. the Texas players yeah. and the Southerners against the you know the Northerners, the Midwesterners, and the Californians. That would be kind of cool, yeah. wouldn't it? That would be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I think we should do something. That maybe we should do that in the golf silly season. You know, that'd be great. That'd yeah. be better televising four guys going out there just chopping it up like they did, right? I mean, that'd be great. But uh, yeah, well, maybe if 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 uh, the U.S. loses in Italy and then maybe loses at Bethpage, they'll they'll have to do something like that. But I, I, mean, I mean, this for the for the Europeans, I think this was a really smart thing to do. I think I think you're right. But I mean, you know, they're going to be the underdogs coming in, right? I mean, just look at all these young players and having they don't have the experience. But I wouldn't discount it, right? I mean, I think you, the match is going to be played. And if Colin Montgomery, if Colin Marikawa plays like he did the other day, then that wouldn't be good. I mean, Xander is not healthy. So we got a long ways to go. Long ways to go before this, any decisions are going to be made for the, about the Ryder Cup. Well, uh, let's uh, let's uh, move on. You were going to talk about the the uh, yeah. Latin American amateur, right? Yeah, Latin America. Yeah, so I'll talk about two things. First, the Latin American Latin American amateur was played at the Grand Reserve uh, Golf Club in Puerto Rico. And I like it because, you know, everyone shows up, the, the people from the Masters, uh, the RNA, the USGA, and they, they pay, pay for all these players to come and they have a good tournament. So this year, Manateo uh, Fernandez de Oliveira. I mean, why do guys have so much, so, such long, so many names? And, and you know, I think, I, think, I think they have to honor their mom and their dad. I think that's it. Is that what they have to do? I okay. think they're honoring their mom and their dad. Wow. So which, this, is, which is uh, nice, uh, actually. Which is really nice, yeah. Sorry, mom and dad. I'm not gonna. I'm glad you didn't make it. I am. My middle name is for is my mom's maiden name. So my my See, name. Cool. I have kind of a, a Jewish. I have a Jewish. Uh, uh, a Jewish Hispanic name. I honor my wow, mom and my cool. dad. Wow, that's awesome. So Mateo Fernandez de Oliveira wins. He he shot 23 under, and the other kid that he beat, uh, Luis Carrera, uh, 
a Mexican kid, he shot 19 under. And, you know, what a great tournament. So this kid, the, the winner, of course, he gets into the Masters in April. He gets into the Open Championship at Royal uh, Liverpool. And he gets into the U.S. Open, which is going to be in L.A. So this kid is a junior, I think, at junior or going into a senior, senior year. I think he's going to senior year at uh, Arkansas, University of Arkansas. That's where he plays. And supposedly he's just a phenomenal golfer. And then the Luis Carrera kid plays at Sam Houston State. That's where he plays. He's a sophomore at Sam Houston State. So these guys are good players, but it's just nice that the RNA, you know, everyone shows up. They host this tournament. They get all the kids there, and they go. And this and Mateo Fernandez de Oliveira, he came in second last year. He needed a – I think he needed to make a putt to get into the playoff. Maybe he came in third, putt to get in the playoff, and he didn't make it. But he ended up winning this year. Nice. And that was it for that tournament. And it's such a nice tournament. And the kids are getting these getting these exemptions, which I think is really nice. They're awarded to get – you know, RNA and all these guys are awarding them the, the entry into the, the their upcoming tournaments, champions, uh, majors this year. And then one last thing, Rich, uh, it looks like, you know, that kid from Vanderbilt, Gordon Sargent, he was a freshman and won the NCAAs last year, uh-huh. singles yeah. championship. He got an invite to the Masters. Oh, so that's... this year, the, the Masters invited the NCAA champion this year. That's kind of nice, right? Yeah, it's excellent. In a funny story, I heard it. I was listening to the Gravy in the Sleeve, and they were talking. He, he can have Bubba spot. Bubba can Bubba can stay in <laughs> Saudi Arabia or something. Aren't those guys? They got they, the Masters are letting those guys yeah, come, right? Well, the Masters are letting them come. So, I, so what happened was here. Uh, so this kid is this funny story. So he gets a call, and the guys from the Masters call, and they call him Augusta and the Marines, and he's like, "Who is this?" So the guy was like, "Hey, uh, is this uh, Mr. Sargent?" And he goes, yes. He goes, well, you've been invited. Um, we made a decision. We've been invited. We, we we're going to invite the NCAA singles champion to the Masters this year. And he was like, you're joking. He goes, yeah. He goes, well, why don't you just send me the information? And I'll look over, look it over. That's what he told the guy from the Masters. He goes, just send me the information and I'll look it over to make sure. He goes, because I don't believe what this is going on. <laughs> so he hung up and his parents were like, who was that on the phone? He goes, someone was kind of pranking me about the Masters. So he was, his mom and dad were like, what? And then all of a sudden, the guy called back again from the Masters and said, hey, by the way, this isn't a joke or anything. I'm really calling from Augusta, and you're going to be awarded into the tournament. And he goes, but, you know, with everything going on with the football, you know, what happened to the kid uh, in Buffalo, with everything going on that, we're not going to make the announcement until uh, later this week. So he was like, he goes, so don't tell anyone. And so he said, so they said, the story goes on. He, he didn't tell anyone. Only people they knew were his mom and dad and him. And they said he has a younger brother, and they didn't tell the younger brother. They're oh, like, wow. why didn't you tell him? They, he has a big mouth. <laughs> so the younger brother, so the younger brother's sitting in, he's in high school. He's sitting in high school, and his phone's going crazy. And he was like, and the teacher was like, hey, what are you looking at your phone for, Mr. Sergeant? He goes, he goes, I hope it's some good news. He goes, well, it is. My brother just got into the master. And the guy with the teacher was like, oh, that's really cool. And he said, the, the kid was pissed. Why didn't you tell me? They said, because you have a big mouth and you would have told everyone in school. It's kind of a funny story. Well, but glad, that kid got in. I mean, that's good he got in, right? I'm glad the masters did 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 the right thing. Uh, you heard you heard that with Scott Stallings, they did the wrong thing. They sent Scott Stallings' master's invitation to the wrong Scott Stallings. <laughs> Which is, I, I mean, you know what? That would have been funny, right? You get that mad. I wouldn't be getting that thing back. This is just some Scott Stallings probably knows nothing about golf or anything, no, yeah, right? Fortunately, he did know. He knew exactly who Scott Stallings was, and he and he was able to, you know, get get it to Scott Stallings. I, um, I hope he got free tickets from Scott Stallings I, for I, getting I, that thing over to him. He should get more than just a glove. I, 
absolutely. Hey, get some tickets to the mask. Get some tickets. Something we would like to have. Well, before before we go, let's let's do a little bit of live talk. Um, and uh, you know, it's been very quiet on the on the defection front. Uh, the one player who it came out this week had been widely rumored going to live. Uh, that those rumors seem to be confirmed as Mito Pereira. Um, I saw oh, some okay. reports coming out of Chile that he had joined Live, and then I saw today that he switched management groups to the same management group that manages all the other Live players. So oh, okay. it's been it's been widely rumored for a long time that Mito Pereira is uh, is joining Live. Uh, so I don't think that's going to come as any surprise. I think it's I think it's good for Mito Pereira. You know why? If there's only 54 what? holes, you can't you can't duck hook a shot on the 72nd hole. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel sorry for that kid, but you're right. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, he got so close and now, you know, uh, well, maybe he'll be able to play in the Masters, but that's about it. Yeah, uh, He's not going to play. Yeah, I hate it for him. Have... Like, I mean, I hate it for him. He's a young guy. I don't know why he's going on. He's such a good player, too. He's a good player. Well, anyway, I, wanted, I, I, I saw I read an article this week from that I thought was very interesting. And you being more of a business person than I am, I thought I'd, I thought I'd kind of summarize it and then ask you your perspective. And maybe maybe next week, I wanted to have our friend Bill Davinsky, who's, who's uh, you know, uh, uh, in kind of the, you know, the Wall Street world. Uh, I wanted to have him comment because the Corn Ferry Tour is in the Bahamas where, where he spends a lot of time in the insurance oh, okay. industry, but also, also about this. And Emin Lynch, who's a, you know, well-regarded golf uh, writer, he starts this out and he goes, positives aren't plentiful in Greg Norman's world these days, unless you count the commensurate savings and Kool-Aid orders every time another of his hapless executives bolts for the exit. And that is happening. The live golf schedule remains incomplete just weeks ahead of its start. No new star player signings have materialized. And the offseason brought none of the promised trading frenzy between teams. And, the, and those aren't even the most pressing issues that imperil lives long-term viability. So I think a lot of our listeners are aware that not only has Liv, you know, now poached uh, a bunch of these, you know, PGA players, but there's also suits and countersuits where the Liv players, you know, say that uh, there's basically uh, uh, that the PGA Tour uh, uh, is uh, not allowing kind of free trade and participation and the, and the PGA Tour countersues and says, you know, these guys are in breach of contract. Uh, so this court case is going on in Northern California and Liv filed an antitrust suit against the PGA tour, a tour countersuit. And the, as part of this, because there's a, a suit countersuit, there's discovery. And which means that the Saudi tour lawyers are allowed to look at the, you know, the books and, you know, for the PGA tour, but it also goes the other way where the tour is trying to compel discovery from the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, which is bankrolling the Live Tour, and from its, you know, governor, Yasir el Rumayan. And that apparently is the last thing that the Saudis want to see. So they've been frantically trying to evade any discovery, claiming sovereign immunity, uh, and saying that, that al Rumayan would be exposed to a 20-year prison sentence if he was to disclose classified uh, information. And, and, you know, Eamon Lynch writes, somewhere this uh, uh, woman, Salma al-Shahab, is crying a river. She was given a 34-year uh, sentence in August for, tr for tweets critical 
of Al Ramayan and the Saudi administration? A 30-year sentence? 34-year sentence. 34-year sentence. I mean, Lord have mercy. I mean, these people, that's ridiculous. So the Saudis claim they're not subject to the jurisdiction of the courts whose protection they sought. Uh, so in an earlier hearing, it was revealed that the fund owns 93% of LIV and pays 100% of the costs associated with its events, which Emin Lynch says it, you know, it you know, renders moot any defense that it's a bystander in this litigation. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. he, he, I mean, this whole live thing, I mean, what do you think really going to happen with me? Well, I, I always say, I love the line that Steve Zabin said, it's like a plane that can't get off the ground, but has a really, really long runway. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So he, you know, I don't know. He finally says, he says in, in the conclusion, he says, the extent to which Al Ramayan and his fund cooperate with the proceedings in this lawsuit will have an, or, uh, will have an enormous uh, impact on the lawsuit itself. The degree to which they fear scrutiny could have a decisive impact on the entire existence. The trial date is in January of 2024, but you know he said there's probably going to be delay tactics, especially on the Saudi side. And if they if they don't want any of their information to go public, they may just have to abandon the case. Wow, might have to abandon the tour, huh? Well, abandon the case. You know, the case, mean, abandon the case. They can keep losing money as much as they want to. But yeah, I'm, they just don't want to share with people how, how much they're losing. The other well, the, the other thing they said is that is that uh, uh, Fox, you know, it was it was thought that Fox might come in, Fox Sports might come in and broadcast. Uh, oh, but, really? But they've backed out, uh, and yeah, so has, I don't think they can do it. So uh, Fox Sports passed, and they're discussing paying the CW network to air its events. Basically, having oh. to pay a network to air their programming. Oh, okay. But CW is owned, but Fox owns CW or no? No. Okay. CW is just his own network. So they're, own, wow. Own network. They're going to the CW. Geez. I mean, that's getting desperate, right? Getting getting desperate. Well, I mean, no one's, I mean, we watch it because we're golf fan, enthusiasts, fans, or whatever you want to say. We, we're nuts, golf nuts, right? So we love watching. I mean, but it's, it's hard to watch, Rich. Ugh. You know, you know, Stacy. Even even as I'm watching the Sony Open, and there's Chris Kirk. You know, and Chris Kirk's battled back from from alcoholism and depression. I'm rooting yeah. for Chris Kirk. I don't know much about Hayden Buckley or Siwoo Kim. Do you see Siwoo Kim? Do you see what he was wearing on Sunday? He was another no, guy was who wearing? at one point was 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 rumored to the Live Tour. He he wore this shirt that had PGA Tour written all over it in big letters. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it, man. What a what a what a world! I mean, it's been crazy. And, and now, hey, Rich, have you been watching that Netflix series on tennis? The tennis um, they started with tennis, and they're gonna do one on golf. I, I guess I haven't, but I, I was gonna talk to you about that when they when the golf one starts. We'll have to have like a weekly thing on the golf one because that's gonna be fantastic. Because yeah. that's gonna yeah, I hear it's fantastic. It's gonna be right in the middle of all the live, you know, uh, the live formation. Uh, a lot of these guys were featured. Ian Poulter, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. A lot of the really uh, militant anti-live guys are featured, and a lot of the defectors are featured. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, hey, and uh, 
Rich, I think I'm a, I'll run something by later this week about our YouTube channel. I think I might have a good idea. I might have something. I might have a really good idea that someone that can help us get it up and going. But I'll run it by you. All right. Because this so. thing is supposed to be very good, like, you know, to get a sponsor and do all this stuff. So we'll have to run it by you, okay? Sounds, sounds perfect. And, and we need Brian Greenleaf because we're supposed to have a sponsor. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll do our first Stimogen. Stimogen. Stimogen is a product which, uh, which releases your own body's stem cells. And our friend Brian Greenleaf is the uh, marketing director. Uh, but it's a natural supplement, and we'll have Brian on and talk about it. But uh, they're they're going to be our first official sponsor, Stimregen. So I'm, yep. I'm excited. And then that. we're going to work on the YouTube channel. I think we'll get more sponsors as well. So I'll, I'll, I got to do jump on a call with these folks, and then I'll let you know how it goes. Sounds good. Well, we'll talk to everybody next week uh, as the as the tour moves back to the mainland, and uh, the Corn Ferry Tour is starting, and the Champions Tour is starting, and uh, uh, it's always it's always uh, uh, Great to see the tour moving back to California because then you know that Phoenix isn't far away. That's the Super Bowl. Yep. And when you get Phoenix, well, you know, I hope there's it stops raining. Yeah. Well, once you get Phoenix, you know that it's not that that it's not that far until the Masters and the players and and yep. now the PGA. So uh, and then it's and when the Masters comes, my friend, it's springtime. It's springtime. Well, thank God we that springtime weather. All right, everyone. Well, right. thanks for listening. And I'm going to take you out with a, bit, with a little bit of Counting Crows, one of my favorite Counting Crows songs. Yeah.